Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled, and I'm so excited for our guest today because he is a serial entrepreneur, and I know we hear that word a lot, but Sean's different. He started more than 20 companies in the past two decades, and he still looks to launch new venture annually. And so he's an investor, a teacher, a high sought after speaker who communicates with really funny humor and bluntness, which I love because we all know that I'm pretty blunt too. And he really knows how to capture you guys. So I'm, I'm, I hope that you're ready to get like the rundown of how to really become an entrepreneur, because if you're listening and something's holding you back, Sean's going to change that today. And he's also an author of eight unbreakable rules for business startup success, the greatest entrepreneur in the world and world's greatest business plan. So Sean Castrina, welcome to the show. It's great to be on the show. Awesome. So before we hop off into this entrepreneur land that you have completely, completely crushed, take us back and tell us, how did you grow up? How did you even start down the entrepreneurship lane? Yeah, I mean, I grew up less than middle class is a kind way of saying it. (laughs) So I was always mowing grass and doing things of that nature, but I fully intended to do the college route. I mean, I, I was a really good high school athlete, got a an athletic scholarship division one to go to college. So I was going to go one step better than my parents and just get a college education and kind of work my way through that way. And, you know, that, that definitely works. And um, so I went to college again, got out, uh, had a great job in DC. And um, then I got married, had a brand new house, brand new kid, and then got let go overnight because of a leadership change. And I kind of knew right then that I would never like my entire paradigm of security and working your way up ended that day. And I was like, no, I, I may work short term for somebody, but I will never be, you know, I'll never have my career, my finances dependent on another human being other than me. And so that kind of implanted it in my head. And then I went and sold insurance for a year just to kind of pay the bills, because if you're fairly articulate and you have a little bit of energy, you can always sell something. It's a great way to start as an entrepreneur anyway. 
So I sold insurance for a year. And when I was doing that, my first business, and it kind of fits in everything we're going to talk about because it wasn't a sexy business and I didn't do anything in the business, but we, I, we had Monday staff meetings and insurance is the first time I met millionaires and there was a lot of them and they drove really nice cars. And, you know, <laughs> it was definitely a different level than I had ever seen before. So I thought to myself, gosh, if you could clean the cars while they were in the parking lot, this was 25 years ago when not everybody was doing this. So I thought if you could, you know, literally bring the water, bring the wa- bring everything right there, a generator and clean them while we're in our meetings, you'd make really good money. And if you just did little flyers on, you know, on the windshields and these upper end, you know, business parking lots and stuff of that nature. Well, I started a company called Waxmaster Mobile Detailing. Never complicate your name unless you're Google or Uber. Keep a name that people know what the heck you do. So it was called Waxmaster Mobile Detailing. They actually cleaned my Mercedes and BMW two weeks ago. I <laughs> sold it. I sold it after five years because I went into another business. But I made $35,000 of passive income my first year. And all I did was set this business up, have a, somebody answering the phone. And we, we had only two prices over the, you know, it was either a car, SUV, or, you know, it was pretty, pretty straightforward. And, and when you make 35000 at you know, 24 years old passively. Yeah. You you kind of know that you're on to something. You kind of go like, oh, okay. I don't have to clean cars. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I can if I can create if I can create if I can you know attract the customer, I control the most important thing in this process. And then I just got to get somebody to do it. And the margin between A and B just needs to be appealing. So I did a 50-50 split and I pretty much used that formula for the last 25 years and made, uh, you know, a small fortune. It would be an understatement through partnerships like that. So that kind of just got the ball rolling. And, and I think what it does is it, it it shares a lot of myths. I think that it crushes a lot of myths that keep people from starting a business. Like you got to understand the industry. I didn't know anything about auto detailing in my life. Right. (laughs) Number two is that you have to work in your business and be able to, you know, to save money. I didn't work in my business. I actually think it's the complete opposite. Number three is you got to have a lot of startup money. I started that business with under $2,000 and a van payment on a used van. So it was pretty minimal. Uh, You know, number four is that you had to quit your day job to start this business. I didn't quit any job to start your business. There's 168 hours in a week and you just make it happen because you don't know if it's going to succeed. So why would you quit your job? To me, that really doesn't make any sense. So you can, then you need a business education. My college degree had nothing to do with business. There's five of the myths right out there. And number six is, is the myth of that. If you have a job, you have security. So you don't want to, you know, you don't want to leave a job to go into entrepreneurship because it's, you know, it's not secure. And I think just the opposite. So that experience there in the business that I started just, real quickly knocks down the six myths that I think keep people from, you know, going into entrepreneurship and how it all happened for me. I gave you a nice consolidated version of that. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's about the mindset. And I mean, I grew up with two parents that my mom stayed at home. It's very traditional. My dad worked for the same company for 30 years and I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs. So I didn't really know what that was. And so I started off on the path of, the college route and working in healthcare. And my parents were like, Oh, you got a great job and you can work your way up the ladder. And then I crushed that ladder in their dreams. When I said, I'm going to try this entrepreneur thing. Like, I think I'm pretty good at like 
planning events and traveling the world and getting to do all this different stuff. They thought I was on drugs. They thought I was crazy, but it's all about who you surround yourself with and the mindset. And it sounds like you were saying in the beginning that you had some really great partnerships where they, that you had formed along the way. And so if you're listening to this yeah. and you're thinking you want to start a business, everything that he just said, like, those are lies, <laughs> like, and not necessarily that like your parents would lie to you or your friends would lie to you, but don't listen to people who haven't done it. And if you want to do it, there is a way that you can get there. You just have to have that mindset. And there's so much free information out there now. Like when I started my first company, I was at the library. We didn't even have internet and consultants and coaches and YouTube, like none of that existed. And so there's so many resources out there to help you get to where you want to go. But a lot of it does come down to relationship and being driven. And so Sean, why do you think a lot of small businesses actually end up failing? Oh, I'd say there's typically there's the entrepreneur's Bermuda Triangle in the first two years or from startup, from idea inception to two years. The first surefire thing is, is that the the business owner falls so in love with their idea that he takes a bad idea to the marketplace. And I always say, listen, I'm a mindset person, but a mind, mindset on a bad idea is still a bad idea. You know what I mean? In other words, Absolutely. effort, endless energy on a bad idea, you're still forgetting it was a bad idea. So bad ideas is like the multiplication where if you have zero in any multiplication problem, it always ends up zero. Mm -hmm. Zero is the bad idea. And it will ruin everything good you bring to the equation. That zero will always override anything you thought was good. So what ends up happening is, is the entrepreneur has this idea in their head and they, they don't vet it. They don't open it up to criticism. They don't run it through a business plan. They don't, they don't do the normal things that you would want to do to confirm that this idea is going to have a little, you know, might resonate with the, with the marketplace. And, and so that's, you know, an idea in your head, an idea that's untested, it, it has no value. Because you don't know how well it's going to, you know, be received. And I just, so that's number one big thing. They just don't test it. They don't open it to criticize and criticism. They don't run it through a business plan. Second thing is, is that they have, the most important thing is, or how are you going to attract and sell your product? And I would just say from the beginning, how are you going to attract them? You have no plan. No, you know, you think you're going to do it on social media. You're going to do this. You've got to test again, to see how you're going to attract customers. If you can't attract customers, you're out of business. Look at every business that goes out of business. They drop off in customer volume and then they're out of business. Blockbuster Video, JCPenney, Sears. I can go on and on. Every single one of them lost the volume. And when you lose the volume, you lose the sales. And so you'll go into a business and you have no marketing strategy. You think you might be a word of mouth business or you're going to survive on social media and things of that. I mean, I want to have five different things bringing me leads. I, I don't want it to be on one. So you got to kind of test those before your launch to know that you're fairly confident you're going to attract customers. You notice I'm saying there's a lot of things that you should do before you launch a business. The problem, the reason, and it's going to go back to why they fail is that people launch businesses that are not ready yet. Number one, the idea hasn't been vetted. Number two is they, have a, they don't have a true marketing plan on how they're going to attract customers so they can't sell to them. And number three, the big thing, 
again, is they staff with friends and family. They, they just don't have enough talent around them to either make sales. They hire Uncle Billy to handle sales because he's good at building a rapport, but he's not a salesperson. Uh, you know, or you have, you know, Aunt Bitsy answering the phone and all these, man, no, you have to staff. Your initial hires have got to be MVPs, most mm-hmm. valuable players. They got to be people that move the needle that without them, you could maybe never succeed with this business. Now I use partnerships as my way to compensate them, but I knew in every business that one plus one equals done me plus one critical partner end or higher, however you get them, I knew I needed that one person. I always knew that. And I, and, and that is probably why I've started so many successful companies because I, I've always brought in the missing link, the person who had the, the time that I didn't have because I, I had a job or I had another business. Number two is they had expertise within an industry that I didn't have. That allowed me to expand. I could go into any business because I'm going to partner with somebody who has expertise. Um, somebody, you know, in the beginning, I partnered with people because I didn't have the capital I needed. Um, you know, number four is maybe they fulfill a critical role. They handle, they're your lead programmer. So you have something that goes out in the middle of the night. You don't have to be chasing somebody down in another country. You have that person in your umbrella on your team. So I'm kind of going through these fast, but you kind of get the idea. They're the three biggest reasons that I find that businesses fail why that first business does not go well because you don't vet your idea you just let it rattle around in your head and then you bring it out to the marketplace it hasn't been tested number Mm -hmm. two is you don't have a a plan to attract customers you haven't tested anything you really are just going on pure optimism i everybody's going to like it and then it's crickets and number three is is you don't staff with any anybody who moves the needle It's so important. I'm sitting over here like laughing at myself because I went to, oh, this, this big, big meeting, uh, years ago, all about my, my friend was like, there's this thing called sales funnels. And like, you work too hard, Ange, like you need to understand this life of online selling. And I knew nothing about it. And, um, I just, I was like, what do they mean? Uh, put an idea out there and ask your audience before you ever even start building it and to pre-sell it like what and I thought they were crazy and then I started to actually build a funnel or build a few funnels which I should have never done I should have focused and then I understood like oh I see just because this idea is an idea of what I want to teach people it doesn't necessarily mean that's what they're going to click on and that's what they're going to buy and that's what's going to convert and so I learned the hard way where we did a lot of testing did a lot of beta took every single criticism and we changed the program and we made the funnel better better and guess what after a year's time now it actually sells. <laughs> so you I, I had have the same to... exact thing happen. Really? <laughs> yeah, exact same thing. Yeah, it's like what I think and what actually converts is two different worlds. And so you have to step back and put your pride aside. And it's like, well, I know what I'm talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, yeah, that's why you are the expert. But you have to sell it in a way that's going to be able to resonate with people. And what I was doing is I was just talking way over their heads because 
I have to meet people where they are, right? And then I love the one and one is done. <laughs> I love that little saying. Yeah. Like, no, that's, that's my that's, that's my go that's my go-to. One plus one <laughs> equals done. I love it. I love it. So, you know, I, I get I get conflicting thoughts on this question that I want to ask you. And so when I first wanted to open my company, which kind of was like a hobby company that was like fun and it was extra money. It was a side hustle. I really didn't see it's a business until I walked away in corporate America. And then I was like, oh shit, I got to pay all the bills. Like there used to be money in the bank and now I actually need to like understand how to budget it. And so somebody said, you know, well, what's your business plan? What, what's your five-year plan? And I'm like, haha, I don't even have a plan for next month. What do you mean? Like, I just take whatever comes my way because I really didn't need the money, which was kind of the stupidest thing I ever did. But I actually did go to the library and write a business plan. But why do you think people actually need a business plan? You know, I give this two illustrations and if they don't get it, then I can't help them. But number one, <laughs> If I gave you three hundred thousand dollars, you won the you won you know a sweepstakes, and you won three hundred thousand dollars, some type of drawing. Let's say you you won a drawing, you won three hundred thousand dollars to have your dream house, and but you had to build it. Would you go that day, that week, or even that month to like Home Depot and start buying lumber? No, you would get a blueprint. The first thing you would, if I gave you three hundred thousand dollars and I told you we would build you, you got it to build a house. You would never just go do it. You would go, how many bedrooms do we need? How many bathrooms do we need? Do we need a master on the first floor? Uh, do we need something for an in-laws? You know, do we like a big kitchen, open kitchen? You, you start assessing your needs. Why wouldn't you take the same amount of time in a business you're going to start? I mean, it makes no sense that you're just going to go run straight into it. I mean, I'm not, I mean, you're never, it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have everything perfect, but a business plan you know, has some very critical components that you need. And I, I the some other illustration is if I gave you $5,000 and said, hey, you just want a free vacation. Again, you would not get in your car and just start heading to it. You'd say, well, do I want a summer vacation or a winter vacation? You know, what do we like to do? Uh, you know, how long can we go for? What's the budget? What type of place can we stay in? Do we want to stay in a resort? Do we want to stay in this? Do we want to go to Disney World? Do we want an amusement park? You won't even spend that amount of time on a business plan. To me, that just makes no sense. I don't, it's, I, no one has ever put it to me that way. And what I will say is, while it was ex, like just painful, excruciating pain for putting it together because I didn't know anything when I was doing my first business. And I can tell you like after the first year, and it's, it's actually fun, like looking back at it. And I'm yeah. glad that, somebody taught me to put all my shit in Google Docs so yeah. that I could always go back and search for it. It's like business plan one, business plan two, business plan three. So on the first one, you know, my second year and what I had put down, we exceeded in the first year. And it's fun to go back and look. And it's also fun to go back and look and say, wow, look at the, the phone calls and the opportunities and the events that we got to do and the people that we met that completely changed our life. And it completely changed, changes the trajectory where you think your business is going to go. So it's not like you have to stick to that plan. But no, no, I always tell people it's a, your, your plan is an active business plan. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's you, you're going to change. It's going to make iterations. There's no doubt, but there's certain things within a business plan. I mean, I, I wrote the, the book called the world's greatest business plan. And if I just 
like, let me just, I'll go through, like, I'm just going to pick random questions that why would you not start a business if you didn't know this? Number one, what are you selling and why are you selling that? Simple question. Number two, why do you believe this business idea will succeed? I mean, why this business? What resources do you lack to start this business? Who is your competition? Why will, the, why will your customers buy from you over your competition? What's going to be your cost to produce what it is you're offering? What is your profit margins? I mean, I can keep going, but you kind of get, who's your target yeah. customer? In other words, these are questions you've got to know the answer to. What is your company name? Can you get the domain for it? Uh, you know, I mean, I can go on yeah, and on and totally. I'm just flipping through. Like, no, it's a massive to-do list, but man, everyone, you know, 90% of these are fundamentally concrete at that time. Your competition may change a year from now. You may have to add, add someone new to the list and that's why it's active. Um, your target customer may, you know, change a little bit. As you, as you learn more about your customers, it might become a little bit more narrower. But these are just, nor these are good questions that you have to ask. And uh, I, I've, I bought all the business plan books on Amazon, the first page actually right behind me. I have them all there because I was helping my son start a business and I wanted to, him to go through a business plan. And I thought those business plan books were so complicated. They were like dissertations and they were fantasies because, you know, Susie started, wanted to start ABC tool in chapter one. Never in any of these business plan books does the business not make it. In chapter 10, Susie's doing great. She's doing philanthropic work. They've got cash and reserves and they're expanding. Man, I, I just have rarely had that happen quite that way. So I want to do a business plan book that if, if, you, if some of these questions made you uncomfortable and whatever... I accomplished it because maybe you need to pause if you don't have the right answers to these and you don't get the information you want. Maybe it's not the right business to start. Right. And another thing that I find in just mentoring mentees through the Entrepreneur Center is that, like you said, they're in love with their idea, but they're so excited. Like they can't sleep at night and they're, they're just go, 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 hustle, 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 open, open, open. But like you said, slow down, stop, pause think it all the way through, do the, do the research. So you, you know that saying, build it and they will come. Bullshit. <laughs> no, they won't. <laughs> like, it's not that easy anymore. Like you, you kind of do need to have a plan. And I liked your analogy of, of the building the house, because even when you've built a home, which we've, I've built a couple homes, we're about to build another one. It'll be a business. It'll be the GSD house where people can come and get shit done and like do their content and stuff. But it's like even trying to find the right plan that's going to fit with the right land. And then I'm like, well, what if we end up staying there? And what, what are the opportunities to build out? So we can start with this in year one. And then if we need to build out more sound rooms or production rooms or whatever with all the lighting and the, the, the soundproofing, you can always build on to the house and, and, and pivot and do different things. So I love that analogy because no one has broken it down like that. And it's quite simple. It's really simple. So as far as um, I know that for small business owners that could be listening, I'm sure you've all heard of Fortune 500 companies. And so why do small business owners need to think like a Fortune 500 company? Like what sets those companies apart from they every They just need to company? have a vision for something big. They need to think beyond survival. 
I just think, you know, in other words, they need to, you know, it's every Fortune 500 company started as a small business, <laughs> 499 employees or less. So, you know, they, they all start small, but they, they're looking for new profit margin. They're looking for new profit streams. They're always trying to hire the best talent. They're, you know, they buy out competitors. I've bought out competitors before. You just, you know, in other words, just get the survival mode out of your mind and start thinking, how are you going to grow this thing? That's what you, that's the number one thing you got to get out of your head. You got to think how you're going to grow it. Do you have growth steps or do any of your books talk I think you about just, that? I think you just have to be able, no, only nobody knows the growth opportunities other than you, but you need to look at what are your customers asking for? Okay. What, what, how can you generate more revenue with what you offer? Can you put it in another location? Can you do a, a secondary product or a secondary service that fits what you want? I mean, every business just keeps you know, you just got to keep feeding it. You got to keep feeding it. And you make it sound so easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I say? You, there's a reason why some people make a little bit of money and some people make a lot of money. That's right. I get DM'd right. every day. Can you help me do this? And I answer them politely. No. <laughs> I go, no, I'm doing it with my own businesses, but that's why I give away free books. If you go to my website, seancastrina.com, this eight unbreakable rules for business startup success is at no charge to you. So you can go download it and it'll help you. And that business plan book that I talked about, I'll actually give you the way you can get that for free too. I don't normally give that away, but if you go to worldsgreatestbusinessplan.com forward slash free book, you can get that for free. You can actually, it has a template in there. You can type out your business plan. So I've only written three books and I just gave you two for free. That's so, amazing. So there you go. And then I host the 10 minute entrepreneur podcast. So every day, like I'm teaching you, I do that. I do it every single day, just in short intervals, because I have the attention span of a flea. <laughs> As most entrepreneurs do. <laughs> I've learned. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So I have a question. How did you, so you are on Yahoo's top 20 business leaders of 2020. How, how did you do that? You know, I don't know, you know, all that stuff has to do with your marketing team and getting you out there noticed and all that. And the podcast does real well. And so I wrote a book at the same time. So just a lot of good things collided at the right time. So it sounds like if someone is, is new trying to get into this, that they can, that they can uh, start their own, their own business you have a ton of free information out there, right? It sounds like exactly. so you've got your podcast. And, yeah. Two of the books are free. So exactly. we will put all of the links in the show notes and you guys go out there and use the resources. And then do you have people that go through your book and then submit business plans back to you and say, <laughs> Hey, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you know what they would get? They get crickets. This, this right. is my thing is that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those type of people where I give you most everything for free. Yeah. You're, you're going to know whether your business plan is good because you're going to answer the questions. And if you can answer the questions then your business plan is good, it's going to be self-evident. I think that's my point. In other words, you're going to look at, if you look at the questions and you answer them all, if, and if it's not self-evident, you probably shouldn't go forward because a business plan, the one thing that a business plan should do for you is give you confidence in your idea. 
So if you finish the business plan and you're not confident in your idea, then it, 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 there's something missing there. There's a problem. There's yeah, a problem. I do a business plan to get excited about the business because I start seeing, wow, it's not as much competition as I thought. My costs aren't as much as I thought. The margins are better than I thought. Um, wow, this test marketing thing did better than I thought. You know, and the other side, I all these things go negative, and then I realize I don't have a business that I, I want to run with. Yeah, and sometimes the business that I started, my first business for passion, it, it didn't it didn't turn out fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pa really passion is passion is an entrepreneur's mistress. You start yes. uh, you start a business because you have a profitable idea. If you do that, it'll pay for all your passions. It'll help you feed people, clothe people, educate people, and give away as much money as you want. But you have a, a business that should have never been started because it wasn't a profitable idea. I don't care how passionate about it it is. It won't succeed. And your passion that you had will be it'll be squashed. And I agree 100%. So profit over passion. Your profit Always. will feed your passion. I love that. Well, that is a great, great high note to end on. Sean, thank you so much for your time today. And everybody that's listening, make sure you go to all the show notes. Get all of Sean's free info. Thank you so much for your time today. And be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Have a great day. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.